this morning, it's a great morning. We're going to just kind of review uh, the, the vision and the goals and the prayers that we shared in December when we had a family meeting here on December 9th. Uh, and we're going to just review that because uh, we don't want to forget it. We don't want to just like keep moving on through the stuff of life. And then also, uh, the Lord's just been super gracious to the things that we said we had hoped to see happen. Uh, and then there's other ways in which we're still waiting and, you know, hands open, like, God, what are you going to do with what you called us to? And so, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, first, uh, in the ancient Israel, uh, they, they had three huge festivals uh, they, where they would, people from all over the country, uh, even the borders, like the people protecting the borders, they would leave and they would the, take this long journey up to Zion, the city of Jerusalem. They'd cross deserts and uh, fields and they'd, they'd all journey together and then they would be singing these songs that you can find uh, in the Psalms. So Psalm like 24 to 33, I believe that's correct. Now I'm nervous. But in that range, uh, in your book, your Bibles, it'll say Psalms of Ascent. And they're called that because it's these songs of journey where they're going up uh, to the city. Uh, and those, they would do that uh, three times a year. And then they'd be in the city just having this festival for uh, seven days at a time. It was pretty remarkable trust and confidence that not only would God protect this whole nation, like they just basically abandoned the fields and go up to the city, but that, that God would provide for them, care for them, but also it was this time that they would just remember their story. So one of the festivals is about them remembering uh, God's uh, sacrifice and care for them, uh, his ability to wipe away sins, and that was you know, what we normally celebrate, or people even today, uh, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. They would have this time where they would go and they'd sacrifice the calf and they would say, Jesus or God has wiped away, you know, the sins of us as a people and cast them really far out. And they do that once a year. Another festival is Passover. We might know quite a bit about that because, you know, it's a, uh, that's where our word for uh, even Easter and all sorts of, and where, sorry, Pashkua in Portuguese. That doesn't mean anything to you. That's where our word comes for Easter, but, or in Spanish, it's pretty close too, yeah? Uh, anyway, they, we, we might be familiar with that. That's where Jesus has his last supper meal with his disciples, but they would all gather together to remember that, that God had delivered them out of slavery and cared for them and rescued them. And then there was this other festival that we talked about last week called Pentecost, or the Feast of Booths or where they would uh, gather even their first fruits from their, all of their gardens, all of their fields. They would gather up the very first best fruits. They would put them on wagons, and then they would take this journey into the middle of the city to remember that God has provided for them, uh, even that God had provided his word, that, that God wrote on the stones like what he intended for them. And then they would celebrate that that is better than bread and fruit and calves and cows. Like, it's better like he provide. Uh, and it's interesting to me, the reason I bring that up is that for, for that Pentecost festival, it was really, it's the most celebratory party one of them all. And one of the reasons they call it the Festival of Booths is because they would basically line up these really big markets with all of these first fruits and then just give them away for free. Uh, this time of just, wow, it's like a farmer's market where the farmer says, this is my first best tomato. Please take it and eat it and enjoy Remember that God's word is better than uh, even this tomato that we're just handing out. And they would take it into the temple too, and that's how they would feed uh, all of these people. But it was this time of celebration. 
And I think if you can kind of imagine uh, the, this, the city and all of these streams of traffic coming together, of people on this noisy, noisy road, and they'd be singing songs. And the, the songs that we have in the Bible are all in the order that they would be singing them, crescendoing up into their walking into the city to celebrate God has provided and done all of this for a people, for us. And so I'm just going to read that first one together uh, because I think that's really what we're doing here today is celebrating and coming together. We all got on different highways and roads and streams and came up here together. It's from Psalm uh, 134, and it says this. It says, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. This is what they're singing to each other. Who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. And then they would be inside the city gates celebrating and meeting up the people that they see every uh, several months. And they'd be saying, this is what the Lord has done for us as a people. This is what he's accomplished. Pretty uh, significant. You know, that's one of the reasons, you know, first Sunday of each month we get together to celebrate because that that really creates a culture, uh, really creates a people. Uh, But right now I just kind of want to ask this question uh, because I think we have a lot to celebrate in the life of our church. And so normally on that celebration Sunday we're all sharing different things like what God has done for us like as individuals. But I'd love to just kind of ask you to think and answer this question. What can we celebrate that God is doing uh, in the life of our church? Uh, and then you guys can answer that question. Uh, what, is, what are you encouraged about in the life of our church? Go, Matt. Um, this might be the easiest one, but our, our kids... She's outside teaching kids, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's been really fun to see someone gives, you know, and time and resource. And then I think it's really beautiful to see us as a church, you know, fill out slots and learn and like want to showing up to care for students or kids. I think it's so, so awesome. Yeah. And that even that as that is happening, uh, we're seeing all of us even be more unified, I think, of like the littlest to the oldest, that we are one body. Yeah. It's a good thing that the Lord is doing in our church. What else can we celebrate? I mean, it still boggles my mind. Um, so many churches, church groups have shuttered. Mm. This time, especially in LA, with so many people leaving the city, we felt it here in our church, losing friends and Mm. always happens um, when you live in a transient place. But I, I know this may seem trivial, but I, I find it amazing. And even though we are a small, smaller group than some, I feel as though it is God's grace that the Lord does allow believers to remain in places. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we are here still gathering um, is, is a big deal. You know, the Lord still has believers in LA that everyone has not left. 
and the people that are here do have a, a love and a passion for the people here. And that's actually a God's grace, and it's it's a miracle. It's like when you walk into here, and I know it's a small space, I'm encouraged just to see one other believer mm. in this place. Whereas in many countries, two or three believers gathering in one city is a miracle. So um, perspective on God's grace and faithfulness these past 12 years and, um, and God's grace in allowing believers still in this place. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely something God has done. Uh, providing for us a church in the city and we get to continue and that, that through, through a global pandemic, God sustained us and, and kept us together, even as we've sent people around the world to, to other places, yeah. And that he's brought new, new people into our body to serve and love and care for each other too. So good, yeah, yeah. I think when Ukraine was escalating and just seeing how much provision, like God, worked into our families that we could easily, quickly, overnight pour out to people in need, just encourage people because, um, I don't know, sometimes you're like, yeah, Lord, we don't have the money. We can't do anything we want to do. And that was something God wanted to do and he did it through us and the money was there. It just, sometimes I just think about like zeros. Mm. That was, God did that. Yeah, that's, that we as a church were able to contribute straight to churches in the Ukraine and Romania and Slovakia, and that he has already given us what we need, that we can, yeah. So it felt very, uh, you know, Acts-esque of like, there's this church far away, and we love them, and so we're going to, to send them stuff. That's a great even point, reminder, so that fund that we collected with people all over the world, people in Japan and Australia also contributed uh, Mexico as well, uh, has we, as a fund, we keep giving the money away, but the fund remains at $40,000 no matter what we do, which is pretty amazing, even as, you know, it's not in the news anymore, and yet believers from all over keep pouring into that fund, and yeah, we had a meeting last week of uh, deciding that we would send each of these uh, pastoral couples who've been really like front lines caring for refugees, would give them, and we came up with this number that then uh, a local said, that's like two months' wages for most of the people. <laughs> we're like, go on, a, go on a weekend away. And we were just thinking, that might cover most of it. And then they were like, this is two months' wages. That's too much money for you to give each of us. So I don't know what they're going to do. We're like, take a cruise. I don't know. Uh, but just so that they would have relief and a time to just be away and have even a vacation as they serve and pour out to people. So that's a great, great call out because that was definitely not in my notes. So that's really good. Anything else, Evie? Just the, um, similar to what Jess shared, but just the long suffering of so many of the leaders in this body, like the Fortunes and all four of their children who have been serving for 12 years now, and the Feistels, and, well, there were, and a lot of people were in and out of it, but like, I always really have families who have just been serving for so long, and it is hard when families do come to LA, and we get to care for them, and then they get to leave, and you're like, um, um, and it's really hard, and it's hard on, on the soul, especially, I'm sure, in a leadership capacity. And so, just the long suffering of the fortunes and the high schools, and I know I'm breaking the floor, I'm sorry. Um, but it's, it's just a huge um, testament to Jesus that he has sustained those families for so long mm. in that service, because I know it's difficult. So, like, praise be to God. Yeah. 
Amen. I'm going to say another thing. Sorry, not to take over too much. You can double share. Okay, good. Just, just don't double dip. That's definitely unallowed anymore. Um, generosity. This is a church of super generous people that are always willing to give above and beyond. It just is a testament of like God's, God's a generous God and people understand that in their soul and they generously give their time and their resources for others. And what a picture of grace in the gospel. Mm. Of, of, of being a recipient of that generosity. My kids being a super recipient of that generosity and getting to see God's grace in the generous hearts of every person in this body. No one holds back ever. That's awesome. Amen. And very true. Thanks for double sharing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, go for it, William. Yeah, I think there's like a really welcoming uh, mood or spirit in this church. Like, that's why I praise God for this church. Because, like, I had very low expectations. (laughs) 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 In terms of moving to Los Angeles. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to be like so busy and miserable. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not my experience. So, I mean, yeah, it's all the that's awesome. Definitely true. Yeah. And I think that is a fruit of the Spirit to be welcoming in a city where it's like, oh, you know, sometimes it feels like, oh, there's another one. You know, you're like in the elevator that more people keep showing up to. And so it's very countercultural in this city to be like, I'm glad that you live here. I'm glad that you're competing with me for homes and space. And yeah. It's very different. Yeah. Um, praise God that that's true of our church. I know it's a transient uh, city or church even, but, um, you know, that, is, that has a place too. Mm-hmm. As people go through it, then those people go on and serve other places. So it's, yeah. it's painful, but it's, uh, it's also important. It is, yeah. There's uh, literally hundreds of people, right, that have... We're ascending to Yeah, we are. Yeah. Exactly. Literally hundreds of people and roles and serving and leading and loving people all over the U.S. and even the world that have come through our church. Yeah. So good. I would praise you too for our worship. I just feel like a lot of people have really stepped up and led and served very generously in leading the body. And then I think also even just like how watching on a Sunday morning how people respond in worship. Like I think I've seen people worship through a lot of really hard stuff mm. in this church, and I've seen people continue to praise God and be faithful, so I think I'm both very thankful for those who are leading us at the front of the room in that way, and also for the Spirit coming and ministering in people's hearts and people's lives, and I feel like there's always a authentic yeah. When we worship together, which I don't think that's always the case in churches. I think it's pretty special. Absolutely. Praise God. That's so awesome. Yeah. And even that we get to come in here and worship, like even the songs that we sang about how God loves us, that He is the King of glory, those are like anthems that are against what we might think or believe and hear all the other time. And that's why it's so important to remember the story of. Christ and his life, death, resurrection. And they, those songs get stuck. And I, I always uh, 
text the ladies that are leading. It's like, my kids are still singing that song today, so it was a great success, you know, that, that they would get inside of us and then we'd be worshipful people all the time. Yeah. Yeah, anything else? Don't want to cut it off. Double sharing, triple sharing. That is all so good, and I, and I see, see that within us. Uh, I think that it's so... Uh, it's such a privilege to, for me, uh, to you know, read the New Testament and you see these churches and what they're going through and you hear this stuff about so generous and caring for one another and bearing each other's burdens and you guys are having fights and you need to get over some of that stuff and you have to reconcile. And I, I get so encouraged reading the New Testament because it's like, I'm in a church like that. Like, this is so wonderful. Uh, even the, the descriptions of the churches and how the gospel continues to grow and there's more households that are, that are coming to faith and it's like, I get to be part of a church like that. You know, uh, be part of a church that disciples kids so much that we've been able to see so many of them get baptized and love Jesus and uh, get up in the morning and read their, the scriptures. It's like this, is like, this is such a beautiful body. It's such a wonderful place. Uh, to remind us of the, the vision uh, that we shared in December, uh, I have a little example that comes from my friend uh, in Mexico. His name's Atanasio. He leads uh, a Soma church in Caretro, which he's pointed to me on a map many times. I've been to, but I can't geographically explain it right now. But anyway, it's in, it's in Mexico. Uh, and he talks often about bougainvilleas, the plants that... Uh, um, do you guys, anyone have a bougainvillea in your house? They're from Papua New Guinea, really? Wow, that's amazing. So it's, they're from Papua New Guinea, but now everywhere in Mexico and California. These plants are amazing because they can grow uh, in a tiny amount of space. Like even the, the really pretty ones that you see, there might be a little six by six square that has a plant coming out of it and it'll grow up on the walls and it'll just keep, keep growing and growing and growing. It's like powerful, like it will destroy your hands. I actually almost cut off my finger just trying to cut them down in our house. Uh, but what's, what's kind of sometimes frustrating having bougainvilleas in your house is that they are so tough and resilient, but also so full of life that they keep growing and growing and growing, and there's hardly anything you can do to stop it. Uh, and what happens is that they uh, and it's just, it's true about all plants, but it's so obvious with bougainvilleas, like we've been painting our house and so we haven't cut some. And now it's like building this arch into our newly painted house that was like, oh, I've got to go out there and chop it back a whole bunch. But every time you chop it back, it keeps getting thicker and thicker and more and more dense. And the, and the reason I bring that up is because, uh, the, you know, plants don't just grow to this size and they're like, oh, sweet, I'm good now. You know, like there's no... There's no oak tree variety that says, I get to be this big and then I stop. Like all living organism plants in the world continually grow and stretch and get bigger and bigger uh, over time. They do not stop. And so I think that part of what we shared in December is just saying like that the Lord has sustained us, that we are a generous people, a, a mission oriented people, a, a people that love Jesus and love to grow in our love for Jesus. And, and what the Spirit of God is calling us to as a church is to never grow weary of, 
of growing and, and desiring to see new and new, more and more parts of our city come into contact with the gospel through our lives, more and more missional communities, more and more expressions of the church all over. Uh, and, and one of the, the song or the prayers that we kind of have pointed to even throughout the years is in uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 3. It's a prayer that Paul has for the church there, and we've just kind of adopted it as our prayer for this church here. And so whenever you think of it, you can read uh, Ephesians 3, uh, 14 to 21, uh, and, on, and pray for our church that this would be true. And this is the, our prayer for the church. And then I'm going to talk about the specifics and give a little, little updates on them. Uh, but this is what it says. It says, for this reason, it's because Jesus died, he reconciled all things, he's got this amazing plan, the gospel. He says, because of the gospel, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell richly, dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you will be rooted and established in love, may, and may have the power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Just kind of pausing right there. That's such an amazing prayer that isn't, God, I pray that we get a space one day that doesn't have a bunch of trash in the alleyway, you know? Which is, I mean, that's one of my prayers, just straight up, being honest. But then this prayer always calls me to so much more, to long for so much more. That we, in this city, that each of us might be so filled with the Holy Spirit, so understanding of the heights and the depths of God's love, that we would know, each of us, each morning that we wake up, each day that we're going to school and to work and all of these things, we would know that the love of God is with us. Like that is a big prayer. Uh, and so then he says this, he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. amen. And this part is uh, so fantastic in this way that he's calling us to do so much. He's like that God could do so much more than we could ever ask. And sometimes this verse is used for like people like me and pastors, leader, church leader people that come up and like God could do so much more than we could ever ask. So that's why we're raising this money, right? Uh, because we're going to open this new facility or whatnot, uh, or we're going to we're going to expand. But what he's talking about is that the gospel. Jesus, who died, who rose again, who, who sent the Holy Spirit into us, that what he's doing in us, the unseen things, the, the kingdom coming could be more than we could ever imagine. That what he does in our hearts, what he does in our, our marriages, our friendships, what he does within our careers, what he does within our homes and on our streets and with our neighbors, that could be so much more than we could even think of praying for. And that's what we, we long for. And then the other thing, I mean, there's a lot, but then he says, too, that, that we would do this all in accordance to the power that's at work within us. That somehow we be, get to be ambassadors, agents, vehicles, like God, his power working through us. That we're not bystanders, that we're not, you know, on the, 
You know, when Nora plays soccer, it's so frustrating. Uh, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. But it's so frustrating because you want to be on the field. And you're like, I want, to, I want to get out there, and I want to kick the ball around too. And I want to score, and I want to defend, and I want to, you know, push the girl a little bit with my elbows because they push my daughter, right? You guys know it. It's, it's, playing the sport as a child is so much more fun than being a parent watching a games go down. But what's so... Uh, so profound about the gospel and the church is that we are not bystanders on the sidelines or watching from the stands, even these prayers that he's talking about. It's that the Spirit of God would work within us, that we would all get to participate in it. Uh, that is, for me, it's like, oh, are we, are we being a good church, you know? Not like, are we clean and nice and tidy and smiley? But is the Spirit of God working through all of us? Uh, and then he says this part that is so important, even as we share these other things, that all of that would be for the, his glory. To him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That he is getting the glory in this church, that he's getting his glory uh, throughout all generations even as we disciple our kids and they get old and they go to college and then they have kids and as, as we disciple generation to generation that he would be the one that gets all of the glory. And that is our prayer. So please, sometime when you think of it, pray Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Uh, if you need to, you know, get a henna tattoo. If that works, make it permanent. There it is. <laughs> Matt's like, duly noted. So uh, what we said we wanted to be about uh, in three years. This is where you're going to get busy, sweetheart. Uh, so we shared a three-year picture that in December 2024, we might be a church like this that has three expressions. That means that an expression is a cluster of missional communities that gather together on Sundays, that work together for mission in a specific part of the city, they embody the gospel for that place. Uh, as we sent out Venice, Venice is an expression of the gospel, an expression of our church, and we long to see that multiply two more times over the next three years. Uh, and so in a way, that'd be four expressions, like that's who we would be. Uh, and to see this group multiply in that way, like that's what we long for and pray for. Uh, that there would be 30 missional communities, 30 groups of people of 8 to 12 to 20 or whatever it would be, all scattered across this city uh, where the way that they're learning how to love Jesus and learning how to follow him uh, drastically impacts their surroundings, impacts their neighbors, the places where they work, the places where they play, uh, because we really believe in this city, in this time, in this moment, it's going to be through those groups of people, missional communities, that many people will come to even understand and hear uh, the good news about Jesus. Uh, we hope to see uh, God multiply the disciples within us in Soma, Los Angeles, to 300 people. We pray that we would see 75 people become disciples for the very first time, like get baptized, come to belief, come to faith. And that's what we pray that God does within us uh, before the World Cup next time. You know, uh, that he would do that within us before the Olympics, like just to give you some barometer, you know, before they finish the train to the airport, that we would see God do this within us. 
And we think that like those are the numbers, but then just as we talked and as we dreamed, we're just like, oh, and that would be like a, there'd be a diversity and a plurality of leaders, that there'd be many different ways that which people look at the world and giftings, that, and they would be supporting and serving and equipping these communities, uh, that we would see a, a church that would have this hunger for the Holy Spirit to, to work within them, uh, that kind of, those numbers reveal a church that sees lots of lives being transformed from one small degree to the other, and sometimes very dramatically from one thing to the next, that we would see kids and high school kids giving their lives to the mission of God, that we'd see 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 16-year-olds saying, you know what, I want my whole life to be about his mission. Even as I go to law school, even as I go to, you know, veterinarian school, like whatever it is, like my life is surrendered to the mission. That's what we would see happen in that. We would see a generous church of people giving all their gifts and talents, even their professions would be leveraged for the kingdom of God coming in this place. Uh, And we wouldn't just care about the poor, but the poor would be among us. That we would be a church where our friendships, our fellowship, our communion with one another would include people from different economic uh, situations, would be multi-generational, even multilingual, like we believe that God could do that within us over the next three years before the train is finished, before the airport's finished. That, that might not be good. That might happen sooner, right? And so what we shared, too, is that in one year, like by December 2022, we'd love to see two, like our expression, multiply. We share that we'd love to see 10 missional communes. Uh, see our church, this grow, church grow to 125 disciples, that we'd see 15 new Christians and people baptized. Uh, you know, I can, so just to kind of give you a reference of where we're at right now is we have five missional communities like today. Uh, we have 70 disciples who are like, this is my church in this city. Uh, we've baptized five people this year so far. Uh, and that's who we are at this point, six months in. Uh, the other thing that we shared is that we would have, uh, that we as a church want to have mindset shifts, that there would be parts of how we think about uh, following Jesus, that there'd be a shift in our minds. And that, that kind of comes from 1 Peter, where Peter says, you know, uh, set your mind to action. Uh, put your mind on the right things. And so we came up with like, here's some things that we wanted to challenge the church to have kind of a guttural mind, like navigation, like this is, I was thinking about this thing and now I'm thinking about another. And this is what we were calling each person to have, uh, a hunger or an expectation mindset that we would believe that God could change us, that we would believe uh, that, that, the, that the gospel still speaks, is in powerful, and is for each of us. That we would have that expectation as we engage in our DNA groups, our missional communities, the gatherings, that the day-to-day life, that God would be with us in those things. Uh, we talked about a development mindset, uh, that we would uh, be thinking, how can I grow? How can I learn? How can I be equipped uh, in the life of this church for, for what God's called me to do? Uh, that we would have an invitational mindset, meaning that uh, we would be a people that just invites and welcomes people in, not just invite people on Sundays or invite people to Taco Day or Candy Palooza, but that we would be inviting people into our lives, inviting people into our missional communities, inviting people into our DNA groups. Uh, and by God's grace, too, I, I really see us doing that. I, I, I don't know why I didn't say that on the other things, but I see that in this, like people inviting their friends Uh, into the life of this church. And then lastly, we said that we'd want to see a missional mindset, that all of life, our work, 
those that we work with, our families, that everything would be seen through what is God doing uh, to reach the city, to reach these people, to pour out his love on those people. Um, I've spent way too much time, our sharing was so good, I had a different question here, but I would love for you to think about uh, how have you seen uh, these mindset shifts happen within yourself? Like, how, how have you seen yourself shift mentally? Like, okay, this is what I'm pursuing now. Uh, and in what ways do you want to continue to see those shifts happen? So just, uh, that's, a, that's a thought for a different day. Maybe I'll ask it again next week just to be a punk like that. Be like, homework, who did it? Uh, we also shared that there'd be several kind of key practical updates, like practical things that we were going to do to, to pursue that vision, but also pursue just like health uh, and, and stuff as a church. So in December, one of the things we said is that we're going to prioritize coaching and investing in leaders. And what we've done is we've kind of created this two-prong approach of uh, Jeff Lowndes and I coach each missional community team. Uh, we schedule them six to eight weeks apart. But then also our elders are pursuing, have a different list of people where they're just pursuing hanging out with the leaders of our church just for fun, without agenda, just for the sake of it, just to care for them. And so that's, that's what we're doing on that front. And it's been uh, pretty fun, that, that kind of relational connection and care, but then also the strategic, hey, what, what has God called you to and how are you being faithful to that? In December, we also said that we wanted to create and emphasize the personal formation pathway within our church, meaning that uh, there's four areas in which we primarily see uh, ourselves being discipled uh, in our gatherings, in our missional communities, in our DNA groups, and then as individuals. And we said, hey, this year we really want to build out that individual thing. And what we've seen is there's been Lent guides, there's been sharing stories, that whole the pennies drop thing uh, has been an inspiration of if we have a heart that hungers, like, then we can teach people how to pray and how to pursue that. The Soma Praise was a huge part of that as well, teaching us and reminding us of different ways in which to pray and connect with God. Uh, the next six months, we're going to begin offering uh, kind of coaching or spiritual direction where you can meet with somebody within the church who will say and, and ask you some questions on what's the best kind of way for you to structure your life to uh, pursue that relationship with God. Uh, an old school way of describing that is a rule of life. If you want to think about, if, you know, that, that tickles your brain a little bit. Uh, but the, the rule of life is just like, this is how I am going to practically set up my life. And these are the things I'm going to do to pursue that communion with God. Uh, in December, we said we wanted to invest in Soma Kids and bring on a staff person part-time to create and kind of lead uh, the charge on children's discipleship, uh, help us welcome kids into our church. And so we hired Sarah. She came back. Uh, Sarah, and she's going to share a little bit about Soma Kids. Yeah. You knew that. Hi, family. Um, I was just out with the kids, and I think one of the greatest things is just seeing how well, I'll just share a few of the changes and updates and then just share um, the cool things that God is doing. First, we have now like four structured things for kids ranging from infants to tweens, middle school. We have an infants class that just started. Um, there's lots of fun toys that a lot of 
the church mem family members donated. Um, the kids are out there playing. They have teachers out there cuddling, giving them snacks, keeping them from eating each other's snacks. We have a preschool class that we have restructured. I heard them singing loudly, Awesome God, this morning with motions. <laughs> They're doing praise and worship time. They're learning about the Lord, they're connecting, they're praying together, which is so beautiful. We have an elementary class, and I just left. They're making collages to help them remember and pray for the city of Los Angeles, that this is the city that they live in, that they are sent in to be disciples. And we also have tween DNA groups, so tweens, middle school, that are meeting. Um, they get to go out coffee with their leaders and, well, drinks, well, shall we say, um, <laughs> kid-friendly drinks? Wow, I gotta <laughs> do a lot of caveats on that. Um, and they've asked a lot of hard questions and they've got to share and it's like a safe space to meet and talk about Jesus and their questions and their doubts with someone other than their parents. Um, and I think it's just been so lovely. We've had so many people volunteer from our church body who like have a passion to serve the kids. In the past, we were just having MCs fill in, and we're still doing that to some extent, but there is right now at least 20 people volunteering once a month who like really wanna be there and wanna love the kids and show up with such joy and passion. Um, and I think the kids can really tell that. And there's people who really just are excited to serve our kids, get to know them, pursue a relationship with them, and that is a super exciting part. So we're still looking for a few more people. We need uh, two preschool teachers and four more infant teachers. So if that is something the Lord has placed on your mind, we would really love that. It adds consistency. The kids of this body are just so joyful and so wonderful, and it's just a great way to be able to share the gospel and share your love um, with, the, with our body. We are learning about the church today and telling them that they are the church, that we are the church. It is not just a building and it is not just for their parents, that they are part of the church. So I'm excited. It's been a blessing. Thank you to all of you who have encouraged me in doing it and I'm enjoying it. I'm loving um, planning out the lessons and just excited for what the kids are learning and doing in the class. And we, I just have this cool vision and I'll just maybe share and you can join with me in praying is um, I was walking around, we did a prayer walk a couple months ago and I was like, what? A lot of parents in Culver City love planning things for their kids. They have soccer and activities and especially during the summer, camp after camp. And I was just thinking like, where is the church in that? Like, where, does anyone in, so, in Carlson Park know Soma Culver City? How are we putting our name out there? How can we be a place where kids feel safe, feel comfortable? And I even thought, I think parents who don't necessarily know the name of Jesus would love bringing their kids to some place that is safe and fun and engaging. And that we, if this is a time and a space and a place, all of our teachers have background checks, super safe. <laughs> um, we're cleaning and Cloraxing all the infant toys every week. Like how, and I was just thinking like, whoa, maybe in the fall we're gonna need so many more teachers because we're gonna have more parents and more families coming mm -hmm. because they want something beautiful and safe for their kids. And then they get to hear about Jesus too. But I'm just praying that God will do something awesome. Um, Brad and I are brainstorming and we're just talking like, where could we show up in the 
parks and do an art camp, or where could we be? I tried the farmer's market. We can't do that. <laughs> That's okay. God opens doors and he closes doors. <laughs> but where can we be that the name, and it's not just for the name of Soma to be out, but that Soma that we ultimately bring glory to the Lord and that people know the name of Jesus. So that is my prayer. Join me. I hope we have hundreds of kids and lots of families in here and that the kids ministry continues to be a place where people experience the tangible love of Jesus. That's awesome. Thank you. So good, Sarah. Thanks so much. And thanks, Kristen, for holding down the fort out there. So that's so exciting. We also talked about in December, we wanted to hire a youth person who could disciple and lead our church really into discipling, uh, you know, teenagers in our church. Not just like, oh, let's care for us as teenagers, but also uh, that we had this vision and this idea of like the kids at that age uh, needing to hear the gospel and even being like what we described as low-hanging fruit of like, Uh, that's when we all became Christians. Like, we're going around the leadership team. It's like, oh, we all became Christians in high school or older. Uh, Are we we, uh, creating that kind of missional thrust? And so we've actually uh, hired Estefania Soto right here. And uh, she'll start tomorrow, which is pretty fun. And we'll begin the process of forming. What does that look like for us? Uh, as a church, how do we disciple and reach the youth uh, in our city? And so, so excited how the Spirit's worked within her. She'll share more uh, in the weeks and months to come. Uh, So yeah, praise God. Thank you. So glad you're here, Steffi. Um, uh, In December, we also share that we'd be pursuing new gathering spaces uh, that, and I can just kind of give a brief, like, Obviously, we're still gathering here. So, uh, and this place has been really great and hospitable. They're even wanting to make changes for us here. Uh, we are also like pursuing different avenues, and we'll give updates on those as we have them. Uh, we have a, a growing list of possibilities and options, and you can just pray for that. But the main priority would be like, oh, could we have a space where all that wonderful environment that we've seen created outside could also be a little bit more air-conditioned and whatnot, you know? Uh, and not just on a parking lot, but, and that there'd be space for us to have our friends and stuff here. Um, Also in December, we talked about South Bay being a new expression, and what's happened over the last six months is that we've met with each missional community that is down there. We've had two vision nights uh, hosted at the Scruton Carroll household, uh, and we've had people come in, be excited about it. Uh, Rick and Joanna have like just jumped right in, which is super fun. Uh, but right now, uh, we're still very much like waiting for direction on what is it that God wants us to do, praying, and above all, in those spaces, we're prioritizing. Let's make disciples within those communities still. Let's multiply those communities still as well. Um, we've also spent a lot of time this past six months uh, focusing on and having really great conversations on that expression piece with Soma Venice and the leaders there, and how do we functionally work better uh, together, even as a family of churches. And one little update to kind of pray about is Josh and um, Madison had a baby boy, Caleb, which is kind of cool, Josh and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb, biblical biblical duo there. Caleb's uh, struggling physically with uh, several different things, and so there will be opportunities for our church here to care for them, even for leaders to care for that church as he's going to have longer 
paternity leave than was planned. And so, but you can also just pray for them and they will give us ways that we can care for them. But right now, uh, for Josh and Madison, it looks like going to the NICU every day and taking turns. And so you can keep uh, holding them and, and I'll pray for them in a second too. Um, also, I just want to give some updates on some leadership teams. Uh, we have been going through a process for many years of uh, always processing new elders and uh, qualifications and equipping uh, different men within our church to, to be elders of the Spirit Calls. Uh, Chris Scruton has been looking in at the very final phase of the elder process for the last several months, uh, being part of our elder team meetings uh, and you know lots of different conversations and discerning. And so Chris, we're going to put up now, this is like the public moment of we're saying uh, we believe that God's calling him to be an elder within this body, which means caring for the, the soul and the spiritual direction and the protection of this church. Uh, and so we're putting him up now for you to give us feedback of like, oh, is that true? Like, and we want you to pray about it. And uh, is, is that what the Spirit's doing? Uh, if you have concerns or excitements, I always like an excitement one too, like a little text that says, I think that's great. Uh, you can do that too after you've prayed about it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'll send out a little like, this is what an elder qualifications are. Do you believe you see those in Chris? Because we do, but we are not all saying uh, people. And so we as a body get a say. Uh, but then if we all are, if we're affirming that, then we will uh, appoint Chris uh, in about a month or so uh, to that leadership team, which we're excited about. Uh, seeing what the Spirit leads us to do with this final phase. Then uh, one other leadership team update is we have an apostolic team that really leads and stewards our church as well. Uh, and that uh, Evie was on that team and we did not get to celebrate adequately when she stepped off. But Evie was a faithful, our OG member of that team. Yay, Evie. We appreciate it. Soma praise wouldn't exist without Evie Hutton. So uh, love you, Evie. Thank you for serving. Uh, we're also adding uh, Sarah Carroll to that team now. So Sarah is joining that team uh, and her baby at the same time. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so those are, those are the leadership updates. I just want to share, uh, lastly, our kind of plan for the summer, just so everyone's aware in a few different dates. Uh, on July 3rd, we're not going to have a gathering here. Uh, that comes from lived experience of me and Tripp being the only people here and like five minutes before the gathering starts in July weekend saying, should we keep gathering? I don't know, what should we do? And so uh, we're, go intentionally with your missional communities, host a party, go to a party, uh, celebrate America, I guess, uh, and freedom, and the, your greater freedom in Jesus than any country or constitution could give you. Uh, do that on July 3rd, and then on July 10th, um, we're going to have a church-wide picnic, and right now I can't remember the park that Sarah reserved. So there will be a lot of information on that, and a potluck, gathering together, old school, church family, getting together, just hanging out uh, and enjoying that. And then also, retreats have always been a really important part of the life of our church, where we get to get out of the city and really uh, bond together, but also focus on uh, who is God creating us to be as men and as women? Uh, how do we faithfully pursue a life of following Jesus? Uh, what has he called us to? How do we obey him? All of those things. And so we're having a men's and women's retreat in the fall. Those are up there, yeah. So those are the dates. Uh, we're, they're both $120, but scholarships are available. Uh, and so you can 
Uh, there'll be registrations and stuff now, but you got to save those dates because they'll be really enjoyable and fun. Uh, there's a really large committee of women that's building that out, and then there's Josh Bowditch <laughs> for the men. So it's really, it's a very, it epitomizes the differences that might exist with two, between genders. Uh, so that is all for us as a body uh, that I wanted to, to share about. Uh, we will give a financial update next at the beginning of July, because we're doing that quarterly, so you can see that. But the Lord has been gracious in providing for all of our needs as well, uh, even above them. I want to read Ephesians 3 one more time, and then I'm going to pray for these things, and I'd love for us to go and take communion uh, as a a celebration of the feast that, that God is alive and present, and he gets the glory and the power within our church because he died for it, he created it, he established it, he's put us here, Uh, where Christ is above all things and below all things and on our right, on our left, and ahead of us because of his uh, transcendent love. And so this is a prayer for us as a church. Uh, For this reason, because of the gospel, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how, high, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Lord, uh, we ask for all of that. We pray that uh, even that Josh and Madison would know your immeasurable love uh, in this time. Uh, God, we we pray for you to guide us as a church, that your spirit would work within us as we consider Chris being an elder and serving and shepherding our body. Uh, God, we, we praise you for Steffi joining the, the team as well, and we pray that you would empower her and that your spirit would uh, work through her as she cares for and leads us as a church. And I pray for us to be responsive as we have with the kids and really uh, sacrifice and serve and give uh, for the sake of others coming to know you uh, in that age group. God, we just thank you so much for the way that you've provided for us as individuals, as families, uh, as a body, that you you keep us here, and that like a bougainvillea plant, uh, you you can chop us down, but we keep growing back strong and thorny and beautiful. And uh, I thank you for the way that your gospel is established in this place, and that your kingdom is coming, and that it can't be denied. Uh, We love you, Jesus. We thank you for the power of the Spirit. We thank you for the affections of the Father. Amen.